Hey there, Rachel Stonecipher here. Um, I am the host of Stone Butch Disco, and I would love, if you'll bear with me, to give you a few minutes um, in which I explain some stuff that went down on the Stone Butch Disco Instagram, which we all know Instagram can be eventful. It was this week for us, so I want to go through, um, go through, go over, <laughs> that sounds academic, but I want to talk about what went down and, uh, and why this project exists for everybody it, so that everybody can kind of place us in context, um, including especially, I think, people who don't identify as part of the queer community, but are kind of seeing like concerning things from, from within us. Uh, and so I think we can, we can work on this podcast to kind of fix some of the, you know, internet toxicity that occurs. Okay, so this is Stonebush Disco. I'm Rachel Stonecipher. I'm not the only host. Sometimes I have co-hosts and some other folks who come on, but this is a conversational podcast, which means the cadence of our voices might be difficult to listen to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna post some transcripts actually of what we talk about because I love the people we talk to. They are lesbian creators of all stripes. We got writers, we got internet folks, we have people who run beautiful Instagrams. Um, and the guest for this week is Jen Rowry, who goes by Cowboy Jen in most places. Um, she's got an Instagram, a Tumblr, and a TikTok. And it was wonderful talking to her specifically this week, because what had happened on the Instagram, what had happened was, um, some folks just kind of like, rode in on, I guess, white horses, for whom I don't know, I don't know who they thought they were saving. But they they basically said that this entire project is just like full of ish. And uh, the reason is because this project came out of a set of feelings that I and a lot of diverse people had around being told that we can't possibly own the word female, reclaim the word female, even though that's how we have grown up being treated by the world, that we as butch lesbians are irresponsible in, in even voicing our own personal politics and our own political positionality, there's a lot of ridiculous words, it's almost like we shouldn't be talking about who we are specifically under the patriarchy because it's ex exclusionary according to them for us to talk about our experiences so there's <laughs> there there was a wild back and forth on the instagram i hope you enjoy this episode because jen has so much wisdom on how to kind of manage emotionally a lot of this stuff but also just how to like have fun being being a lesbian on the internet um whether you're a reader a watcher or a creator so sit back, relax, and enjoy the good part. I was thinking, how will I introduce Jen? Because I don't know you personally until this moment, although now I want to be friends. So <laughs> please. <laughs> where, where are you located? Um, I'm in Dallas. And you're in Iowa. Iowa. Mm -hmm. So we have some cultural similarities, I would say. This like weird Southern Midwestern. I have friends in, in Dallas. I met oh. them at a festival last summer. Uh, yeah, they live in, they're young. I met them at a festival and we, um, we've been friends ever since. They're great. Cool. Yeah. What festival? Uh, it's a very small hundred, hundred people. But it's like um, gay? It's, yeah, it's almost all lesbian or bi. Solid. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's a women's. But I, I performed at MFR. Um, and uh, really, it was not me performing so much as, hey, if Jen comes, like maybe we'll get some more people than some young women who know she is from online to come. And it worked. <laughs> nice. So nice. actually at Spottle, I talked a whole bunch of them into going to MFR and got on some scholarships and did some 
help with some friends and we passed the hat and were able to get all of them to go to stay an extra weekend and go to another festival. That's amazing. That's amazing. So this is one, one of the listeners to the pod was like, you really need to interview Jen Rowry. She's oh, really? on the fort. Yeah. So that's why I got in touch with you because I had followed you a while ago. Um, and for some reason, I think I, I took a break from Instagram and the feed wasn't feeding me what I actually wanted to see, you know? So I kind of lost touch with people I'd followed. Uh, yeah. But the, this person was like, um, she's holding down the fort for like butch lesbians online. And I was like, and then I'm I doing my to, best. Yeah. Then I need to talk to her. So I was going to ask, what's it like having that level of kind of fame and recognition now that like your presence can get people to a place? Um, it's so it didn't start off that I wanted, like, I didn't care if I had one follower, 20, 50 or hundred, it didn't matter. Um, as long as I was getting young people, young or anybody who was like, I just came out and I don't know how this works and yeah. I don't know where to go for resources. And my job was marketing for 25 years. And if I can, if any, if there's one thing I can do, it's network. So I would always know where to send them to go in their local area, whether it's, you know, to sign up with Lesbian Connection or sign up or maybe there was, um, you know, a group of women that I knew there because I, I, from going to festivals for years, I met just hundreds and hundreds of women and I always in my brain make a little note where they're from. So the whole, um, you know, to have name, it's a little weird because a lot of people think they know me, like they're familiar with me, but they've never met me because they're seeing my daily life. They're having my, you know, uh -huh. but I'm really, it's okay with me. I'm, I'm actually my, my aunt once, or my cousin once described me as an extrovert. Um, she said I was an em extroverted empath, which mm, means okay. she said like, I feel other people's feelings, but it doesn't exhaust me. I'm actually emboldened and like um, uh, bolstered by other people's feelings, whether that's good or bad, mm -hmm. no matter what they're feeling. Um, I'm bolstered by the ability to kind of suck some of that energy for them or help them or give them the energy they need back. Mm -hmm. I'm not big woo woo. I don't really know about all that, but I do know that, um, you know, I get recognized now in public. I've had, and I've had several like straight women actually be like, Oh my God. And bring their husband over to, you know, wherever <laughs> eating lunch. And my daughter's just like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. She's like, yes, I'll take a selfie. Like, you know, she'll just take a picture. Um, it's a little weird, but it's also something I've grown used to. Mm -hmm. um, and if I didn't want it, I just wouldn't do it. Like, I don't need social media. I have an incredibly active life with three jobs and yes. wonderful people and a huge chunk of le like just a massive le lesbian friendship group. So I don't need, like I could walk away from social media tomorrow, right? but I don't want to because it's making a difference. I, I get told too many times in my DMs, which is my favorite thing in the world. Hey, you know, I was struggling with this and I was watching your video and realized why I relate to you. Mm -hmm. or you said something or you told a story that is a story that I recognize as my own, you know, or because of you, you know, I reached out to the local OLEC, which, which is like old lesbians for change or whatever, old, old lesbians organizing for change and uh -huh. asked them if they would like meet with younger women. And we formed, you know, we formed a, a group. So I keep sending us backward and forward in time and I apologize for that. But um, as I'm editing, I want you to know I flipped this around. So I introduced you to Jen first, but the way our conversation actually started was as a continuation of the chat we'd been having between us, like on text about the Instagram. So you're about to hear the way I actually dropped into the Zoom. And I think I still sound a little stunned and dazed. So 
I am reeling. I mean, not really reeling. I this stuff is so typical, and I knew that like, it, of course, it was going to come our way. I'm so ready for it, right? Like, I can lower my blood pressure and whatever. But <laughs> it's really galling to me that like somebody can kind of waltz into a place where lots of human beings have said this this project is so important to me, and it really hits my feels and it makes me feel seen and it's saying things that nobody else says. And then that person can say it's awful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as someone that lives on online spaces, yeah, uh, you know, I've been around this game for a while and it seems like there's just the need to make sure that nobody is using any language other than exactly what they want them to use. Yeah. I mean, how appropriate or correct it is. They There's just, just no way. And it's yeah. like, ultimately, you know, I'm reflecting on what this person was saying. And I mean, I guess the crux of it is a rejection of the word female to describe a bodily status, right? That's the just, world. I mean, what are you going to call it? What are you going to call <laughs> it? But, but what they're yeah. saying is, what they have said is, you need to say assigned female at birth every time, every time for everybody. But the is- my issue with that, the more I think about it is, yeah, but so many people live with femaleness. We all do, if that's a starting point. It's not mutable. You can't finally dispense with the fact that you began there or else trans men's and trans women's experiences would be identical. There would be no difference, right? Yeah, and that would be, what's the point of that? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that sounds boring. And also, yeah, yeah, assigned female at birth sounds like this weird scientism. Like you're trying to say, this was an event that happened in time. It's not something that we live with. And so I, would prefer, I, I think if that's we had to go that route, I would say assigned woman at birth, because in my opinion, sex should be neutral, right? Being a female or male should be hundred percent neutral. It's not, I mean, obviously it's not because our world is not neutral, but I'm, I think it should be neutral, you know, that we should be able to describe the way a body exists in a neutral way, but we've assigned negativity and positivity to both in different ways. And so now we've made it so that those words offend people when the it's you know to me we have to have a term to describe certain experiences in the way we live through in the world and um i wouldn't want to deny anybody else's experience because of the body they were born in ever you know and so um i i wish we could agree that they were neutral terms that there's no good bad or ugly applied to either term right and i mean it's what's strange is the insistence and this this is where it finally landed um, in this conversation where I was like, okay, I'm stepping back because, because we've reached the end point of the logic yeah. by which I mean, the final, the final logical statement was made. It's not that it's illogical. It's that I disagree factually with what they said, which is sex is as invented as gender. It's an invention, just like gender. I think that is just false and that's fine. If that's your end point and that's where you stop. And that's the ultimate reason that you're fighting with me over the word female is that you believe it's made up then I will never agree with you. And that's fine. You can go believe yeah, that. Absolutely. I, people that's can... when I don't need to continue engaging because I can't, there is officially nothing I can say other than I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's true. And um, I don't believe people that say it a lot of times believe it's true. It's, it's wishful thinking right. that it's that we could just say, Hey, this is like, we're all in this, you know, kind of a, a, a furial, like we're kind of this weird right non-existent bigfoot moving in and out of the plane that we're not relying on our body but we are we, we do rely on our bodies I mean, that is the fact of life that, but they should be neutral and they're not people have assigned all kinds of 
issues to both of the sexes. Right, right. And regardless of how you see yourself, you know, gender wise, sex is so like we're stuck with it, you know, to an extent. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're stuck with it, whether I, it's our health or, you know, our risks of health or, or just the way we have sex. I mean, even the way, yeah. like the ways that non binary butches and woman identified butches have sex are usually very similar. They're identical. We're, we're yeah. working with basically the same thing going on, you right. know? So, like, right. That means that female can be a meaningful lens. And we don't have to say we were assigned female at birth because it's something we're we're actively living with. Why, yeah, yeah. why do we have to, you know, put That's that too bulky. Time? It's too bulky. <laughs> There's that too. I mean, <laughs> but, I think that hope it's gonna catch on and it's to some extent, but it's like it's just a it's just a I really wish it, it breaks my heart because we do have so much in common with so many people and we're yes. trying to fight over we're trying to say that we have this in common. It's like why do we have to have this in common when we have 300 other things in common that are meaningful. Yeah, and it's it's truly on the level of how dare you say this thing? How dare you say this thing? It's awful that you say this thing. And it's not where I'm not trying to tell you how you live, how you feel, anything. I'm just, we're starting from a, we need language for analysis. We need language to be able to talk to each other. And I I refuse to hear, you know, this word is immoral to say. That's not a way to have dialogue. It's just a word. Yeah, yeah. It's really a neutral. It's really a neutral word. It really it is. means this thing. That's it. That's all yeah. it is. It doesn't have to have all these things applied to it. Well, and when you know, you know ultimately, when that person was like, "Well, sex is just as invented as gender," which I knew it was going there. That's why I have a, a whole paper about it that I, I don't think they've read. You know, and I was like, "Yeah, I've spent plenty of I've spilled ink trying to make this make sense to me." Um, but I wanted to be like, well, then why are we using two different words <laughs> for sex and gender? If they're the same, why do we have two different words? And that, yeah. that's what Butler would say is like, it's not that sex and what we think about it is natural. It's that we there is an immutable problem in like human perception that sex generally turns out with two modes, male or female, and we're never going to escape it as a problem. You know, Butler was like, this is not escapable. But the weird thing that just unfolded was very much like I have chosen to escape the word female and how dare you bring it back into the conversation yeah and you know that's the problem with it not being neutral right it shouldn't be anything in a truly neutral world in a neutral it, we wouldn't have to escape we just this is what we have and then how we choose to deal with that in any number of ways is acceptable you know if it's you know if you're talking to yourself it, it, it's frustrating I know when you're just talking in circle I I understand. It's, yeah. I mean, and we know, I mean, and that's the thing. So many of the posts on the, on the Instagram account have been talking about how butch lesbians who are loudly female have to talk in circles, how we've, we continually have to do this work alone. Cause we're not really able to connect with each other. Cause people tell us not to use the words that are important to us. Like that's causing more of this issue. And so, so many people engaging with the site are like, thank God I'm able to, you know, like, I'm able to say things about myself that have previously just embroiled me in these circular arguments. Um, yeah, I think it's okay for, I've always been big on people being able to, whoever they relate to, whoever that person is they relate to, as long as those other people agree that they relate to each other, they should be allowed yes. to have conversations. It's a hundred percent important. Absolutely. Across the board, straight, gay, trans, it doesn't matter. It's across the board that we need to be able to say, these are the boundaries of people. And as long as those other people agree on those, let them have conversations within themselves because it's the only way 
that we can become secure in our lives and, and to, you know, feel right. okay. It's ultimately never going to come from the outside of people that are not like us or that we totally. aren't sharing maybe this one thing that you talk about, whether that's sex or whether that's, you know, our region where we grew up or whether it's rich or poor or whether it's whatever it is we need to, if we, if, if group people agree on the parameters that they, they share, they should be allowed to share those, mm-hmm. to share within that group because they, nobody wants to keep building this foundation and everybody's trying to build a different foundation. You're trying to have a conversation when you have a shared experience that you've all agreed on. You're already all right on that same foundation right, right. from there. Otherwise we're just going to keep muddling around in this like soft sand where there's nothing being built. No, yeah. No, nothing being built, no language being built to, to really yeah. Yeah. You know, it, engage with each other. And um, what's interesting. You'll about, notice on my social media, I don't touch any of this with a 10 foot pole. I know. I know. And I love that because it's I'm like incredibly a- careful for a reason. I was an academic way back in the day when I got my BA in English and then I went for a master's in uh, journalism. Nice. And that was back in 1991. And, and even then I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm right. going to go get a job in the real world. Yeah. And call it a day. And well, I mean, I, I was, and I would not do that. It's not healthy. Like that's why your Instagram feels so good because it's not, it doesn't feel good for us to deal with this heaviness. Yeah. I just, I, but I'm glad you're doing like, it's super important. And when I shared your stuff on some kind of private with some private friends, they were just like, Whoa, you know, great. Cause we're, there's not much out there where we can have, and I'm, a hundred percent always okay with other people creating their own spaces. Hey, we are this, this, and we also, you know, this may, this group shares just this we've expanded mm-hmm, to this. Mm-hmm. Great. Build that space. I am. That's mm-hmm. great. More spaces is space. good. And it's, yeah. it's like at, not every space can speak to everyone. So we don't have yeah. to pretend at that. But the other thing that's interesting is like the, the folks who are so loudly just hating on the podcast today have come to the Instagram because they, presumably felt some commonality with some of the words that were being used. So it's like, why don't we focus on the way that we are related and then respect, respect. If we have differences about the question of whether sex is made up, right? Let's respect those differences and imagine why it is that we all came together in the same place. Like there's one, there's one moment in that conversation where the person who just hates us was like, well, as a female bodied person, or that basically they described themselves in some way as female bodied. And then later they like later, later in the conversation, they put an asterisk. I meant to say assigned female at birth for myself. And I was like, isn't that telling that like, we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. And it's, I don't know why the need to control language about, I don't know. I got friends from all walks of life and we in person one-on-one, we just don't have that issue because when we disagree, we either don't talk about it anymore because it isn't going to do any good or Mm -hmm. we just do like, let's just go bowling. (laughs) <laughs> like, right, you know, right. I, you know, I don't need to talk about all these things. And I think being chronically online, yeah. a lot of people just think that there's, there's a need to to do that because they can't just go, this space is not for me, but here's one that is, or this space is for me because of these three things, but they, they feel the need to bring up the fourth thing that doesn't have anything to do yeah. with that space. It's always I mean, like they, they yeah. have to add on one more layer that's unnecessary. And I, maybe 
I just think this is true. I think that lesbians <laughs> trying to talk about their bodies are the spaces that get invaded so often by people who tell us to shut up. Because I am more than happy to look at somebody else's identity in their account and think, oh, I'm not really part of that, but I'll like everything they post. That's not my oh, yeah. thing. But it's like, why is it okay for somebody to just roll up in a space where everybody feels, has expressed that they feel like safe and seen and heard and everything and be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I, and that's why my <laughs> social media, whether it's, and I'm on Tumblr, I've been on Tumblr since seven. Mm -hmm. You talk about a minefield. It's vicious. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm not gonna, like, I don't want to engage in that. It's not, my asks are, I ask, I answer almost there. And I'm like, I have like 37 asked her. I am so far behind. Um, and when I first started Tumblr, I'm, I was like, you know, late forties, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and I got spanked a couple of times and I, I didn't really pull back. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to not tell my, you know, whatever, I'm not going to tell the truth because my truth is probably not always the truth, but I can tell stories that kind of factually back up what I believe. This is why I believe that. And, and, you know, these are stories that I've heard or told, but, um, I asks on there, I do not answer some that don't pertain to anything that I can answer. Like I'm not the expert on certain things. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm never going to know how it feels to be a certain way. So I, I just don't respond. Um, and I'm getting a lot of asks from young gay men, which I do have a little in. I do have some in on that because my best friend is a gay man. Mm -hmm. When I came out, most of my friends were gay men. You know, I have some insight into that. What I don't, I don't have a lot of insight into a lot of other things. So I just don't answer it. So I rarely don't answer ask, but I will set my own parameters. And I'm not going to, when I feel that they're pushing me to kind of talk some bullshit or, or upset people or make it, you know, controversial, I just don't do it. Yeah. It's not, I'm not there to do that. I'm there to help. You know, if someone has a question, they don't have anybody over the age of 40 in their, in their lives that are telling them the truth. That's what I'm there for. So it started on Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's just healthy and it's not, to pretend like we all have to be competent at addressing each other's experiences. Yeah. Are, right. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we, like this person who, who hates us so much today, I would have loved to read their own analysis of the word female from their own perspective posted right smack in the middle of our Instagram so that we can yeah. see the diversity. That's not the way it was framed. It was framed as it's a crime the way you're using the word female. And I, that's not productive, man. That's not productive. Yeah. Um, so is this person pretty regular on there? Or just, oh, this is somebody who's never showed up before. So I don't think they, I don't think they've read the stuff. They hadn't listened to the podcast until I invited them to engage with it. Right. They, I don't think they've seen how like emotionally just like healthier a lot of people including me feel given what we're doing like it feels like safe in a way and I don't yeah. think that they've looked at or appreciated how desperately needed a lot of us felt this space was because I mean you're just rolling right in like crapping all over it yeah. um but yeah that's that's that and I feel like it's I feel better once we reach the point where I'm like oh okay I understand what you're saying you're saying sex is invented I disagree with you we can stop right like that's yeah. that's yeah. that's it um, and I mean, I, I'm a teacher. I have an alligator mode. I call it alligator mode where I just like sink below the surface and only my eyes are out and I'm just calm because the water is covering me. I can just watch <laughs> the flow yeah. come in. And that's why I, I was like, I can handle this project. Yes. This project is going to be hard as fuck. Yes. Stuff like that's going to come up, but I, I think I'm, I'm uniquely situated to be able to take it on. And not only that, but I, I can't see people like my students 
struggling with what they're struggling with anymore without doing a little intervention. So I think I just got pushed over the edge into somebody's got to do it. I'm going to go ahead and try to do it. And, and it doesn't make me special. It just makes me tortured in unique ways that have put a, put me in this situation. <laughs> you've written, like, ext- I was reading some writing, like you've written extensively. And it's not like you're just coming here like, here's what I think. Yeah, uh, right? you know, right? I just woke up today and I decided, I'm butch. Here's going to tell everybody else how to do it. Like, it's not like that at all. I, I reading, I haven't read all of it, but I did read some of it and I shared it with some friends and, um, thanks. Right. Uh, that, yeah, the dialogue is, I mean, you know, yeah, it's I've I've been president of P Play here locally for seven years, and because oh, okay, sorry, we do just fine face to face. You know, yes, I mean, yes. and we all know each other. We trust each other. We go way back. You know, I don't know, twelve years. So we all know each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I am stepping back from people finally, uh, because I I got to, I I should have only been president for two maybe four years max and it's been seven years and I finally just said somebody else got to take over I want to focus on just specifically lesbian stuff I'm always available for that but also I've got three jobs and a teenager and you know I, That's just don't, I don't, yeah I don't have the time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I would like to hang on to my house and keep my jobs and I just don't have the energy <laughs> yeah because I used to be able to always work my boss gave me Fridays and Saturdays specifically off to spend with my teenager and to go work at vendor booths and do speaking gigs and nice all that stuff and i'm available for that when i can but you know i just after seven years it's time and i hopefully sure. we have some people coming in um and i think they'll be okay they really are enthusiastic and they have a background in people which is you know that's what it takes you don't have to know jack if you have a background in people right figure it out and if you just fundamentally give a shit about people, like I try right. to imagine like this person today, it's like, couldn't we have been friends? What if we met in a bar and started talking about this stuff? Couldn't we have had such a more interesting and better conversation? Yeah, I, I really <laughs> do think it can make a difference. Like I know for a fact that some of my friends that I have only online spaces, if if they met online, there would be a, a, a clash. If we met yeah. in a bar, they'd be like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, I, it really is different when you meet people in person and you can have a conversation and you can read their face right. and be like, I can see you're not agreeing. You know what? Let's just go play darts or, you know, right. it's not worth, rarely do I get into where, rarely do I see where people online are having arguments where I wouldn't see that dissolving pretty quickly face to face or not, or never coming up. Right. It doesn't matter. Well, and when I've, maybe it's just more efficient, you get much faster in person, you get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, we just have a, a substantive disagreement. That's all it is. <laughs> We're allowed to disagree. But like on mm-hmm. online, there's this just like shit slinging that just feels so, yeah, I don't know. It's disagree is to be wrong. Right. And I'm right. <laughs> and, and not only wrong, but like evil. Like there's like yeah. the, the accusations. Of... Like when my daughter was 10, <laughs> if you didn't agree with her, you were definitely going to hell. Yeah. Hell, hell, hell. <laughs> queer hell, which who knows where that is. But um, just you just like spend the entire hell. time picking up rainbow, rainbow confetti with tweezers. That's what you do for eternity. And oh my God, did you just come up with that? Because that yeah. it sounds yeah. perfectly accurate. Like that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. No, thanks. <laughs> Um, so I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so wrong as to use the word female because I might end up in confetti hell. Um, okay. So it's like anything that comes back to me that says I'm making a difference, even in one young, cause I struggled. Mm-hmm. I struggled. I thought I, when I was growing up and coming out, I thought I knew I was different. 
something was weird. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, I mean, my friends in high school used to tell me when they would, they would all, all the girls would come to me and like tell me all their like sob stories and then be like, we wish you were a boy. Mm-hmm. So I was giving that. them everything they needed that they weren't getting from their boyfriends, but they didn't really know why it was me and I didn't either. Right. So I knew something was, there was a balance there that was weird. I didn't hear Butch until I was, I'm getting off track, but no, so I being honest, all recognize, it. yeah, it's, it's, um, and it's a little scary. I have almost a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Not what I was shooting for when I did that first stupid dance with my daughter in COVID. <laughs> and a little scary because how can a hundred thousand people always be okay with what I'm saying? Sure. How can they, at some point, like how, how can I relate to a hundred thousand people? My thing is I'm never going to change the way I am. I'm always going to just be me and how I've decided to brand myself, which is me. Yeah. And so if they don't like it, they don't like me. And that's okay. Cause I'm not everybody's cup of tea as you know, my ex-wife. <laughs> so, you know, um, I know that's true. Yeah. So that's, it is a little weird. I'm hmm. sure it's gotta be, it's gotta be. And so you, you use the word brand. That was actually something I was going to ask you about. Cause I love your merch. Like you have, we have merch. I'm dipping my toe into figuring out how to do that. And at first it felt so silly because I was like, what is this brand that I'm trying to create? But I knew that like <laughs> the visibility of Stonebush Disco was going to matter. So I was like, okay, this is something that if we're going to create this thing and we're actually going to pour effort into it, we need to make sure that people feel like they can occupy it, not occupy, but like bring this space to others so that it can yeah. keep growing. Right. And so I yeah. was like, um, what are we going to, what are we going to make? And I don't, I'm still kind of like experimenting and stuff, but I love your merch, which is very much you. And it's kind of yeah, like, I'm working actually working on a new line because okay. I've been, I wasn't going to, cause I didn't make, I, I lowballed everything to, I didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, I think I made $200 over two years, whatever. It's fine. Like that's not what it was for, but I yeah. want to redo with a friend of mine. That's an artist. She agreed to do some new more. My, when I was marketing, my whole thing was, a logo doesn't even have to sell a product. It just has to sell the t-shirt it's on. Mm-hmm. So if you have a logo that represents your business, it needs to be something people want to wear, even if they don't support your business. <laughs> it needs that's to be yeah. fun or exciting or, you know. <laughs> and it's my, so that's that's funny because I I was not in marketing ever, but my degree in grad school was in communication. So I had to do some marketing adjacent stuff. And then I TA for a guy who's like the expert on marketing. And that's one of the things I took away from it is like, you got to give people stuff they want to wear. And does it feel like dirty capitalist to you? Because I grew up with a bunch of like anarchist friends who were like, fuck capitalism. And I'm like, I know I agree with you, but also it feels good to wear this thing that advertises my website. You know, a lot of my crunchy granola friends. they're all like no capitalism but they bought my merch so yeah and i I, some of it is i just want that positivity out there and i don't care who buys it people have asked me like hey i'm straight but i thought about buying your like mug that said happy lesbian good morning i'm like go ahead i mean yeah but yeah if you want to spread a little lesbian joy when you're not a lesbian um so i i want to redesign it i love putting that out there but we're coming up with some new stuff because i want it a little fresh but also I don't make any money on any of my social media per se. Um, mm-hmm. I think on the TikTok creator fund, I made $25 in like two years. It's like, well, yeah. thanks. And so it would be nice to sell and you were doing a project that actually needs to be funded, right? If, if you need yeah. some funding to do what you're doing, mm-hmm. I don't really need funding to do. 
it'd be nice if I had a ring light. I have this shitty little, you know, I have, this is terrible lighting and all that stuff, but you know, I don't put an investment into my TikTok, right? I have a yeah. iPhone that's like four years old and it doesn't, that's not what it's about. People yeah, yeah for me, it's they not at all. Yeah. And, but if I make any money that I make on my social media gives me a little more time when I can take a break from maybe taking a part-time gig right. to do yeah. some more work online. So that's, that's kind of how I see it. And that's it what I was like, that the goal is, which I, you know, I don't think this is ever going to happen and I don't care whether it happens because the point of the merch is truly just to get the the goal of the site out there. That's it. I don't, yeah. I don't really think we're ever going to have much of an income, but it would be amazing if I could take a break from my full-time job to continue writing or whatever down the road, if that is what yeah. provided and it, whatever, whatever paltry funding is coming in right now, that's what it's going toward. It's going toward like me not feeling guilty that I can sit down at my computer and write for eight hours. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. or at least just feel better yeah. about it. Um, so all of that would go back into the project, but it, you're totally right. It's just not for the money. And it's not for. No, oh, I I've had people tell me they were wearing their shirts and they met somebody else with a shirt and and it's ah! been like, you know and they're like oh my you know I my buddy Crazy Eddie, I I don't know if you watch my TikToks but I talk about him. I'm really not on TikTok so I feel lame, okay. I but... gave him I gave him my um, I gave him my Cowboy Jen shirt and he uh -huh. was wearing it down in Louisiana. <laughs> to get he was picking up some truck beds and he ran into a lady who's like oh my god I know who Cowboy Jen is. Hell yes. Because he is, he does not. He's just recently got a smartphone, like in the last six months. So he had no idea what it, what. He was like, "What?" And then he realized <laughs> that there was a connection. And so that was weird. <laughs> she mm. works at a junkyard in Louisiana. My so. family's from Louisiana, so that makes me feel good. And I, <laughs> now I know we're repping for you too. Um, yeah. So you're, but you're in Iowa, and now you're national. But yeah, the, I think one of the things that's really um, what is the it's not I'm not looking for endearing I'm looking for one of the things that's really magnetic I think about your Instagram is it wholesome is that the word you're looking for <laughs> there is some wholesome <laughs> elements I was gonna say it's such a happy place um because yeah. because it's kind of like a way of stepping into your world there's a lot of animal content that's amazing and then like farm fauna content and beautiful rural landscapes content so um how has it felt to you to represent not just lesbians, but also like a part of the world. Um, I know I take shit for this, but I think Iowa is one of the best places in the world to live. And I'm biased because I've lived here my whole <laughs> life, but I did live in Missouri for a while okay. for college. And Missouri is okay, but I've traveled all over the world. And it is not an exaggeration when I say the nicest people you'll ever meet are from Iowa. Mm. Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever you meet, I don't know what my neighbors are anywhere. Like when I say neighbors, they could be nine miles away because I only have one right. neighbor. Everybody else is like miles away. Um, if you can, if you can not be a jerk. Right. Um, and then they don't care. They really don't. Now that's unique to Iowa and it's unique to my part of Iowa because there are parts of Southern Iowa, which may be a little scarier to be a lesbian or to be gay. Okay. Uh, but up here where I live, um, and I live near Cedar Rapids, kind of not far from Iowa City, Des Moines two hours away. So I'm kind of not far from the bigger, three of the bigger cities. Um, but it's just beautiful. Like we have the greens and yes, winter is trying to kill us this year. Like literally the Christmas storm killed people, you know, and it tried to murder us with like, you know, it, it was terrible. But in, when it's nice like this, when you have a nice snow, um, it's just, I just love the state. 
And I think people are really nice. And I think, you know, we were third in the, in the United States to have gay marriage. Yeah. It's so, and it's people progressive. Just, I think you're so right. People sell it short. Cause when I, I visited once and I have still really good feelings about it. I was in high school. I was at a debate tournament in Iowa city at yep. university of Iowa. Right. Is that yep. the main campus? Yep. Of, yep. University of Iowa. UI? UI? U of I, yeah. Yeah. U of I. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, kind of a wonderful experience from start to finish and it felt it felt like the warm parts of Louisiana the warm fuzzies where people are and I feel like I knew I kind of knew where you were going when you said this but it's like as long as you're not a dick you're yeah. welcome yeah and, yeah and people it's don't know, you know even in Louisiana people are like oh the deep south gross homophobic and I'm like actually like not really like you just one-on-one -on -one usually yeah I mean yeah. It's, I mean they're always going to be assholes or that sure you can usually yeah, see the assholes come in though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be too rah-rah Louisiana here because I have had bad homophobic encounters in Louisiana and I want to hear you complain about Louisiana because let's just do that collective purge. But I just don't think there's that much of a regional difference. I think that's kind of overpainted. I'm not sure that Louisiana these days is actually much worse than like Philadelphia. It's everywhere. I <laughs> went to school in Kirksville, Missouri. And <laughs> when I told mom and dad I wanted to go to Kirksville, Missouri, and this is, you know, I'm 17, graduating high school. I graduated 17, turned 18 about a month later. And I told them I wanted to go to Missouri. And they knew at this point that I was, they, mom and dad said they knew when I was like three or four years old that I was a lesbian. Like they were not. But they didn't tell there you. There was nothing surprising them at all. It. Okay. Yeah, but they said they didn't tell me ever. They didn't mention it because they, mom was hoping I would, like, it would go away. Like, not in a go away. Like, she did, she just hoped I wasn't and they were misreading me. My dad just was like, you need to figure it out. Like, we don't know anything about this stuff. That's, you need to figure that out. Yeah. But I said, I want to go to Missouri to go to college. And they're like, are you sure, Missouri? Like, Iowa City's right there. You just got Iowa City. Because I grew up in Solon, a little tiny town. Like, we lived in the middle, like, outside of Solon, like nine miles. And they were just really, really like, are you sure? And I'm like, why are you so against Missouri? And they're like, no, we're not. We're just thinking like maybe at university, like a bigger college, a bigger college. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to Missouri. And they're like, okay, like whatever. And I, it ended up being the best decision I made. I loved it there. Did you know you were gay at that point? I did, but I also was hoping it would go away. I thought, oh, it's a phase. It's got to be a phase. Because, you know, young girls always get crushes on. And I'm like, I'm 17 thinking it's a phase. 18 thinking it's maybe it's not a phase. But there's no way I'm coming out. And I yeah, didn't. Me too. I waited till after I graduated. I had my own apartment. Um, same, same. I, it, for some reason, graduation just felt like enough of a nudge. But um, did you, did you think or say that you believed you were bisexual as your first phase toward lesbian? Because I nope. certainly did. Okay. So you I did not. Yeah. It never occurred to me. I didn't know what it was. I, I'm not sure I had a word for lesbian in you know, bumfuck Iowa. Like I was in, you know, I don't know that I had a word for lesbian until I was in my teens, late teens, probably, you know, like high school, not, not junior high for sure. And, uh, I had, know that I had a, a inkling that there was a bisexual choice. So I didn't, I have a lot of friends that, you know, we, we called it the soft opening. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, it's, sometimes more acceptable to just say you're bi and also I think there's a lot of confusion like you know because girls naturally can have crushes on girls but boys also have crushes on boys it's not talked about as much because you admire right. them or you want to be their friend and that can be misconstrued because we're not really having sexual romantic feelings we're having you know all these hormones are flowing right out. then it's like so, how do you know sex yeah it's really hard yeah. you know, it, it could be 
it could be a little difficult to know until your sexuality really kicks in with the hormones and you start to get a little older. Um, I never had a word for it. So I didn't think I was, I, I dated a boy in high school, but like, I was really good at like dodging the bullet. Like I have a cold sore or I feel a cough coming yeah. on, or, you know, anything to get away from it. Nice. And we later on years later, I contacted him because I wanted to use his photo on a Tumblr post. Uh, and, uh, he's like, Oh, thank God you're lesbian. I thought it was just me. Like, I thought I was a terrible kisser. And I was like, well, you might've been, I don't know, but for <laughs> me, you weren't door. doing it. Like it wasn't your fault. He's a really nice man. And I'm glad he's happily married. And, but you know, I felt kind of bad because I just kind of like ghosted him as much as you can in 1990 or 1988. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> That's, ghosting was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, like mom, I'm not telling your new phone number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I didn't have that phase, but I definitely have a lot of friends who did. So when did you, when were you like, okay, lesbian's the word for me. And then second follow-up question, when were you like, Bush is the word for me? Hey, so I just wrote a story about this for a zine for a young TikToker who's putting a zine out. Um, hmm. And she asked me to write about kind of the butch femme, butch, you know, experience. And I got to get I that info from you. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, I'll get it for you. Right. Um, okay. Her TikTok is, uh, Stella is not straight. So my story was about, I was sure I was a lesbian. I, uh, when I was, you know, high school, right before college, I knew for sure that I was a lesbian, but I just decided I wasn't ready to deal with it. Maybe it'll go, maybe it'll go away. Maybe I'll just not date. Cause that's, you know, I don't know if mom and dad will take that well. So what happened was I, I graduated college. My dad said, you have six months to move out, take your time, wait to get apartment. And I, I, started working at this uh, political activist place and I met six or five gay guys. And within two weeks, I moved into an apartment with them because I didn't want to live with mom and dad any longer. And so I'm living with five gay guys in this, in this four bedroom apartment and having the time of my life. And I knew my best friend, Sean from college moved to be closer to me up here after he graduated, he, he dropped out, went to cosmetology college and then moved here. And we, we became, and then we became roommates after a year or so we moved into our own place and at this point he knew i was a lesbian i had talked to my best friend my sister kind of had a good idea we had kind of like you know kind of talked around a little bit about it and i didn't say the word lesbian um my first girlfriend who i work with now her name is jen she pursued me like she's like an aggressive femme pursuer like she was just like you're going on a date with me i'm like no, <laughs> she no like, that's yes. how it's gonna be Quick interjection, episodes two and three with Jenny and Maribel talk about how much we appreciate femmes for this trait of sometimes insisting that we go on dates with them. Yeah, so we ended up going on a date and we ended up together and she was great. We were together seven years. But that when I came out to my parents, which was about a month or two after we got together, we knew we were going to get a place together. I told them I was gay. I didn't use lesbian. Okay. And uh, about a year later, after we were together about a year, uh, she really was pushing me to use lesbian and all my friends were like just use lesbian and I'm like no I don't like that word it weirds me out it's weird I don't know why like I mean I can now I know why but then I'm just like something about it didn't fit right and then <laughs> practice in my apartment um, and be like you know and, and then Sean lived he lived with us briefly and I was like I'm lesbian I'm lesbian and he's like I know like you know and so like but I would practice that and the game changer for Butch. So I started using it and then I just never went back. Like I loved it. I just grabbed immediately as soon as I said it out loud to some, like the first person I said it to was probably, I would say my girlfriend um, at the time or Sean maybe. And I just was like, 
I like the word lesbian. And then like it, once I said it and became used to saying it, I never went back to gay. I never used gay. Um, I've never used queer. It just was not like I heard there was a guy I went to high school with that was gay and I heard queers flung at him so mean all the time. And I just, it didn't have any, I don't have any attachment for me other than, and my dad used to say queer is a $3 bill about Sean, but like not in a mean way. That, that was just my dad. He just, you know, Sean and dad were really good. Like they got along great, but dad would always say queer is a $3 bill. It never bothered him. It just kind of bothered me a little bit. It just felt like weird. But uh, when I was at a festival, um, I was 24, three-ish, and I was helping an older woman. And I've told this story on TikTok. So I was holding, helping an older, actually, she was about my age. She was only a few years older. And she was dealing with a lot of health issues for me because her knees had, um, she had broke one of her knees or her hip. And so she was like, I was moving her stuff and I was sweating and I was in a, you know, a better shape, a sports bra and just moving stuff. And I sat down and she said, what well, you better sit on the shade, get a drink. You're going to overheat. So I sat down and she goes, you, you know, are just the sweetest little butch. And I was like, yes. what? <laughs> like I, I knew the word that I had friends that used butch. I had older friends that used butch. Um, and I just was like, what? So, and my, my girlfriend had been saying, you know, you should try on butch or you. And I was just like, no, I just didn't take her seriously. I knew she was a femme. Like I knew she used that. I knew it fit her, but it just didn't. So then I go back to my friends who are all sitting around a circle, you know, drinking beer. And I said, you know, I think it might be a butch. And they're like, yeah. Like they were like, what? Yes. <laughs> like, like oh, obviously. Good job. You know, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and we were two of the younger. We were in our early twenties and they were all in their late twenties or early thirties. And that's from then on, I was like, yes, yes, this is, this is me. This is what I needed as a word to tell me my experiences so that I can find other women that have certain experiences, not all of them. Like we're not all, you know, we're not a monolith. We're not all like this happens to me, this happens to me, this, but there are things that all of us can kind of find. And there's certain, you know, butches share certain things. Right. Um, And to find women with similar experiences and just have a word to find them was so incredibly important. And it really made me finally realize that I don't have to be different from, so when I first heard Butch used it me, like I thought it meant a lot of things that didn't mean I had to be a top. I had to be aggressive. I had to be tall. And I'm five, three, like that's never going to happen. Like there's all these things I thought I had to be, like I have to be, you know, stoic. I have to be um, rough and tumble. I had to be all these things. And I was none of those things. I was like happy and energetic and I was smiley and I was, you know, as far as sex was goes, I didn't, it was like, whatever goes, let's do it. That's fun. Woo. And I was all in for it. Right. Cause I was like 24 and I was having, and she's really sexy and we were having a great time. And I'm like, she was experimental and she was brave. And I was like, I almost had to like put the brakes a couple times. Like, Whoa. Like, you know, because she was just so much like, yeah, you know, and I just, I thought I had to be all these things. And when I found that word and found other women that used that word that were similar to me and they were all these different kinds of women, they were like, and strong and short and fat and disabled and they you know they were in a wheelchair they you know they were black white it didn't matter like there was all these things that we were um but still butch like it all funneled down we could be this one thing but then have all these other things about us that made it so that i didn't have to fit a mold and it was like so relieving to me to not have to fit a mold to be butch Mm -hmm. you know there are certain things we share but there are certain things we don't have to share so I get a little excited. No, I love that. No, no, no. I love all of that. Like that is, it just feels good to hear. Um, because I think people mistake 
celebrating what butchers have in common for a, an exclusionary move of like this is you have to be only this right right but it's right. like actually it just feels good to have that moment of recognition and if you don't feel recognized in that moment that's okay but there are many of us who do yeah. and so you don't have to be in that little space but but to celebrate that space it feels really good and so yeah and i, I always tell you know people are like i don't think i'm butch enough i'm like mm, yeah what does that mean that's yeah, because to me, and this is how I describe when people ask me to describe, and I've written quite a bit about this, um, to me, which is a little bit based on the perception the world has of us, right? Like yes. we move in a certain way, we have a certain energy, and it's that energy that people on a quick glance or on a quick um, feeling of our energy get confused, so they go with man. You know, they go wow. with male, they go with man, they go with sir, they go with sport, buddy, whatever. And it's not a judgment call. Like most people are not making a judgment call. They're just making a quick visual or like yes. um, they, they interpret the energy we have or the space we, we take up as something that's not quite what they're used to when it comes to yeah. It's because perception requires categories and I would never blame somebody for that. You know, that's just and how it's, that it's works. It's like, okay, like, I don't care. Like people call me sir and we're just meeting really quickly and then they realize it. I always have a joke. Like why make people feel like shit? The last thing I want them yes. to do is have a, a negative experience with a butch. Yes. I wanted to have positive. So when they call me, sir, and I'm, and I look at them, then they go, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'd be like, you know, it's okay. I inherited my dad's good looks or, you know. You yeah, know, me too. Me too. Yeah. It's, it's the haircut or whatever. Like something, I don't want them to feel bad because no one should feel bad for, you know, just misinterpreting. So a lot of it's perception for me. Like it is the outside perception. Well, However, it's also a certain way that we perceive ourselves and then we move kind of in the world and late to women. Yeah, I mean, and it's I know that I related to women different from other more feminine. I hate the feminine mm -hmm. masculine, like that's a little weird, but that's the only word that's the word we have to describe sure. how yeah. we would fit into the world. Other really more feminine women or straight women knew that I was relating to them differently. They vocalized yes, that yes. from a very young age. Uh-huh. And I was like, I loved it when they would come to me and they would or when their choice sometimes, like let's say they need help doing something and their choice was to go to a boy or me, they would come to me, not because I was stronger or whatever, but they know I'm going to help them without giving them shit. I'm not going to be like, you're stupid. You're weak. I'll get it. You're just a girl. I'm not going to do that because I am just a girl. So right. I'm going to do, you know, the big strong men to move these chairs and all the, you I know, can do it. Yeah. yeah, I can do it. Yeah. And then struggle because I weigh 80 pounds to carry a 50 pound chair. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this because a lot of the things you've said just totally ring as my experience in a lot of ways. I, I always make the, it's the haircut joke and we like laugh it off. And then I think, okay, so that person's idea of what a woman can be just expanded a little bit, right? A little bit, right. Um, right. which I love. And so I, this is what's interesting to me. I am starting to really zoom in on Stone Butch Disco with the, the fact that the people who are there and who really feel seen by that space are male passing, but wish to be loudly female. Those are the people who really feel seen. Um, and so I'm, I, I am, I am clinging essentially to the Leslie Feinberg um, construction around what a butch was in the 1950s. And the fact that I think we have a unique cultural identity as women who are loudly female, who pass as men, who are lesbians. I think that those four things yeah. are, are specific. And I don't think it's an act of erasure or violence or hatred to say we live a specific is. way. It just is. And that's where the word comes from. So I, I just don't understand how a lot of people who feel seen by those words 
can have their whole day interrupted by this person like this afternoon who's like nah fuck you that word is mine and i'm like i mean you can have that word oh, all you go want. ahead run with yeah. it go ahead but also please recognize the history of it why is it not valid for me to say that there's a specificity to the actual term that has come up from people who worked really really hard to love themselves like come on man don't be an asshole like who's yeah. being the dick in this situation um, yeah i think that yeah i mean i i i have when i had a ponytail over covid i would go in the women's bathroom and they're like excuse me sir and i'm like it's not a man bun um, it's yeah. a ponytail <laughs> like you know and it's I, ponytail man finally just you know what it's not i just cut it off and I, it was kind of an experiment in you know how yeah. is this gonna go with my ponytail and i had it was full-on length all the way back ponytail mm-hmm. and i they still never got yeah 100 of the time 100 percent of the time i don't think i can escape it either and here's the thing the only thing that gives me away is my voice and actually my one of my exes was super like you're not butch enough because of xyz because i didn't wear skinny yeah. ties because i didn't you know and i wanted to ask you whether you've heard that bullshit but like yeah. my voice gives me away which i love because then it's the moment of like yeah hey guess what like i'm a woman like this is yeah and i have a, my voice my, relatively deep it's not always deep but it can be deep mm-hmm. and on the phone i get all gem. they say they think i say gem and my brother's <laughs> name is Jim. Yeah. And, and actually i'm aging when i look at my brother's 17 years older than me i can see my future <laughs> like we have yeah. the same hair the same everything except his eyes are dark and he has and, and like I did that filter where you put like a gray goatee on and his wa- like- his daughter his wife is like holy shit <laughs> so like you know yeah. I can see you know my sister is 20 years older than me so I kind of have an idea how that's going to go too but that's I definitely look more like my brother well and I don't know how this is just navel gazing kind of but I wonder if our voices are um elastic in the sense that you can change them over the course of your life because when I was younger when I was a teenager one time I would say 13 14 one time on the phone I got mistaken for a guy and I had fought my whole little like tomboy life to be like when they asked me am I am I a boy or a girl I'd be like I'm a girl like that's me and then (laughs) so but when I was in this like hyper heterosexual pretend phase in 1314 land. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody did that to me again. And I was like, oh shit, my like charade is not working. My charade is failing. And so I think I really am starting to believe that my my voice is probably naturally more feminine than a lot of butch lesbians for sure. But I also think part of it might have been I started putting it on a little bit. And I just became what I needed to be for that stint of my life and never yeah. really I wonder I cut if that's my possible. Hair. There's a photo of me on my, I think I put on my Instagram of me when I cut my hair the first time I was like seven and it went short. I finally got my mom tucked into it. And at that point, even more often, you know, it was the seventies. I grew up, everybody had long shaggy hair. So I still was like, Hey, sport, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, when I cut my hair short, I, at first I was like, okay with people like calling me sport and buddy and pal and son and all that. And I started to correct them because I didn't like the way that felt. Um, cause I thought I just have short hair, you doofus. But looking back at the photo, I can see why I look like an eight-year-old boy because at eight years old, yeah. we're all kind of like gender neutral anyway. You know, a lot of us are. And I definitely was like, I could, I looked at that photo. I'm like, shit, I would think I was an eight-year-old boy. And I know me, like, I know I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, yeah. And I, I started to correct people and my dad would always, you know, he would correct them unless we were at a place where it was an advantage. So like 
when we would go to farm, my dad was, um, we had horses, so we'd go get hay at a farm. And if they thought I was a boy, they would let me help. They let me climb up in the rafters and do whatever and do this and do that. And if they thought I was a girl, they were more likely to say, you know, why don't you go get us some water or something, you know, and I didn't want to do that. My dad was like, he wanted me to help because he doesn't want to do all the work in my horses. So he would just let it go and he wouldn't correct them. He would just, when they would be like, oh, who's your son? And he's like, just let it go because he knew that there was a better chance of me, of us not having to have the whole conversation of, oh, well, you know, because she's a girl, like she should go do something else and she should help and stuff. Like, how old's your son? Oh, he's 10, you know, and I want him (laughs) to run because we had, we had to run through the hog pen to get to the hayloft with the hogs. So he knew I was, he didn't want to do that. So if he let him know I was a little boy, he'd be like, oh, he's, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he wouldn't that. That's he cool. That's run cool. the hog pen to get to the hay loft, not him. Did you, have you ever had the experience of being told you're not butch enough? Because you have interesting. Yeah. Okay. All the time. okay. <laughs> by, by, by whom? Because uh, it's mostly people, um, never in person. It's always been online on like some stupid, like, yeah, Tumblr, you know, I was called a sissy bush once and I'm like, I can throw 200 hay bales in a day at 54. What can you do, computer warrior? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, she's like, and I'm like, which it didn't really bother me because I'm like, what does that even mean? Sissy, what is that? Like, I had to like Google it and it didn't really mean anything. It's kind of like the equivalent of a slam to a soft butch, you know, and soft butch to me is, is I don't know, I, I, I grapple with that a little bit because butch is butch. And I think a soft butch was meant to be a, yeah. It can go two ways, right? Some people see soft butch as someone that's just not quite, you know, they don't really use butch or they don't really relate to that term, but so they're kind of like in the masculine sphere. Ma- yeah, like masculine really of center. Do you no. think that's a similar term? Sorry, I interrupted you, but masculine yeah. of center? Masculine of center. Yeah, yeah. Similar I think that's to, kind yeah. of what people use when they use soft butch. Or a lot of people that would apply it to me, and I probably applied it to myself a few times because I'm not like, the tough stoic 1950s cigarette rolled in the sleeve you know bust your head open with a beer bottle if you look at their woman you know like Fair that enough. was just not me and I grappled with that a little bit so I think I've been I've applied soft butch to myself because I'm not the stoic but it really I think it's just a little fun word because anybody can be a soft witch in the moment you know when you see right. a big stoic like someone just that's their personality there's, yeah. butch, we're all butch and then they have this personality trait but if you see them holding a baby kitten they could be described as soft butch at that moment you know yeah so it's i grapple with that a little bit and i think there's a lot of cool things to be talked about around the, the soft butch term but yeah i think when, when people bring up the term butch lesbian i've just seen it more often that what they're talking about is a specific way of walking through the world your whole day your whole day your whole month your whole year your whole life um whereas soft butch does feel more aesthetic and yeah has never I've never seen anybody be like I'm a soft butch so that means I'm I have to deal with this like it's not it just doesn't seem like as much as at stake so I think you're right more of a like circumstantial term maybe maybe yeah Um, but I think it comes a lot from I think it probably stemmed with me when I used it when I was younger don't start licking your okay we got this one uh, yep I'm watching you went for it for a second (laughs) um I think that um you lick your asshole buddy Oh, he so will too. <laughs> when I used to, when I used to use it occasionally about myself, I think it was my way of saying, like trying to figure out where I fit in butchdom. Was I, was I not butch I, enough? So I have to use soft butch. Was I, you know? Me and, too. And I totally did. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe that's it. And I was yeah, like, well, my voice is feminine, so maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. And my voice, you know, and, and I'm not very big. Again, five three. 
you know, and um, people assume that I'm big. But when I meet them, I actually had a friend when I met her at fest a festival for the first time, she gave me a shirt that says Tall Dyke Energy. Because when we yes. met online, she's like, I thought you were six feet tall. I'm like, five three. It's the Hollywood <laughs> effect, man. It's because you're famous. That's what yeah, it must be. Starts. Because people always think I'm tall and they're shocked. And then I've been like, and then, then all my friends were like calling me like a snack size butch or whatever. I don't even know the pocket <laughs> size or whatever, you know. And oh, yeah. Teacup kind of butch is the one that I just, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not. I, I think teacup butch is a, <laughs> feels like, unless not you like that little. I'm, I'm broad, <laughs> but I'm short. And I'm right. It's lately different. I'm thick. All right, so I'm gonna cut us off right there. Um, we got through some really important identity stuff, especially given the the week that Stonebush Disco had. I wanted to make sure that people who are already following and people who come to this project and, and might see evidence of it know what the heck went down. Um, next episode, we're gonna have plenty of fun. Really, it's more like catharsis, talking about the booty shorts, we might call them, that both Jen and I were subjected to playing volleyball and what it's like being a butch um, in the locker room in middle school, just, you know, trauma light. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about how butches and femmes kind of find each other and help each other grow sometimes in butch femme relationships that like, for instance, Jen became a butch in a relationship with a femme. Um, and some femmes become femmes in relationship with butches and it's this very kind of beautiful relational thing. So we're going to get into that. Um, and then you might find out whether Jen's cat ever successfully licks its asshole. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate your presence. Um, your thinkiness. Uh, if you want to reach out at stonebutchdisco at gmail.com, I'd love to hear from you. Stonebutchdisco.com has some writing and blah, blah, blah. And by the way, not trying to promote my own anything. If I was, I would be, be in the academy still. Um, I write because I think we've got important stuff to talk about. All right. See you next week. Uh, back again like flu season I broke records while loose leaf And I'm coming now on my roof leaving Don't give a f I don't care uh, Did the f my lonesome No wonder now I'm on one No shortcuts on that long run All I really want is my share uh, Get on my god on my totem is nothing End of discussion. Hello kitty Of course Okay. This is Cruz He misses when I sat at this desk to do zooms Because this is his favorite place in the world oh, I bet um, is there a keyboard there for him to jump all over? Absolutely, but he knows better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine, I, me goes down here. He might jump up into my lap. We'll see. Yeah, sometimes um, he'll just sit on my lap. Come here.